0: Log Talk Radio. Indiana Adoption Network news host Pam Kroski has been an advocate for the adoption community for over 25 years, serving as president of both Here, Cruisers for Equal Access to Records, and IAN, Indiana Adoption Network, a nonprofit organization committed to enhancing the lives of those who have been touched by adoption, focusing on education and empowerment. And now your host, Pam Krosky. Good evening, guys, and uh welcome to Indiana Adoptee Network News and so glad you guys have joined us. Um, I'm excited for my guest tonight and uh you know, I thought tonight we'd do some a little bit of self reflection. You know, I've I've thought about a lot of things over the holidays and um just done a lot of thinking, and, you know, in the next year or so, a lot of things are going to happen, you know, for a lot of states. New Jersey is now open. Indiana will be open um, as of next year, so will Missouri, so there's just so many states that are, you know, moving in such a positive direction, so, um, you know, hopefully tonight we'll talk about some some self-reflection things and, and some ideas for you guys to, you know, kind of think about in your own lives. Um so tonight my uh, my guest is is a new friend of mine. Um, Liz Laddie is a writer, educator, consultant, and domestic adoptee, and fifteen years post reunion. She is the founder of the Adoption News blog, an open record and an open record consulting where she offers adoptee centric trauma informed support and education services with a social justice framework to prospective and existing adoptive families, as well as professionals who work with adoptive and fostered youth. So welcome, Liz. I'm so glad you got to uh, be on with us tonight. And uh, gosh, you and I seem like we talked months ago (laughs) to even get all this scheduled. So thanks for being on tonight.
1: Hey, Pam. Thanks so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. I'm glad you're on. I know, me too. It's
0: so good to talk again. Well, you know, um, I know it's been 15 years for you, you know, post reunion and, you know, for me, you know, gosh, it's 27 years. So, you know, some people are so new to this, and when they say that, I think, gosh, they've got, they've got such a long road ahead, you know? <laughs> <laughs>
1: um,
0: for you, I don't know if you kind of want to talk, you, you know, again, you do writing, and I'm a horrible writer. Somebody asked oh. me yesterday, "Could I could I be a part of their book?" And I'm like, "Oh no, they want me to write." Um, uh, but yeah, I'm like, ah, I can I can write a letter. I uh, know. Um, but you know, when you started your reunion, yeah, <laughs> what Just can you? Do it a whole bunch of time. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah, let me write a letter. Yeah. Oh, okay, I've done that. yes, <laughs> you know, let do I do it old school, with pen and paper, or <laughs> sure. am I on the why not? Um, you know, going back to, you know, if you think back to the first days of, you know, your reunion, um, <laughs> what do you think, you know, can you remember your thoughts of, you know, what that was even like? I, I mean, you know, I don't think we really forget those days, but sometimes those feelings kind of fade just a tad, and sometimes some things really don't. They're right there in your the forefront. Yeah,
1: Um, I mean, I, I do remember it. I remember a lot. And then there's also huge gaps in my memory as well. Um, Mm -hmm. and I think that, you know, that's something that, um, you know, my writing, um, is useful for, right. And so when I sit down to write about my reunion, I'm sort of forced to dig in, um, and force myself to sit there and kind of remember the things and try to piece things together that, that I don't really remember and then also to notice the gaps and sort of think about, well, why are those gaps there too, you know, and mm-hmm. explore what, the, what, what kind of information is there in the gaps in memory too, you know, because I think it's just such a, it's such a tumultuous time and, um, you know, depending on what your particular circumstances are, what your support network looks like at the time. Um, and, you know, just what you find, what you don't find, it's just mm-hmm. not, it's not something, it's not something that you can really prepare yourself for.
0: Um, no, it's not. No matter what, what you do. I know, I know, um, you know they always say, um, um, I feel like when I, when I, you know, talk to adoptees that are, you know, getting ready to go through it and they'll go, well, I, I've, I've, I've prepared myself. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> um, no, no. I mean, I mean you try, you, you really didn't... do try though. I mean. Right. Right. Yeah. Right.
1: Yeah. I didn't, yeah. I didn't try. I didn't try to prepare myself. Um, yeah. I, I didn't, I didn't, also I didn't have a support network either. I was doing mm-hmm. it on my own
0: mm-hmm. um,
1: and I didn't have the support of my adoptive family and um, I was, you know, somewhat estranged from them at the time. And, Um, I just knew that this was something I was always going to do and, um, it came time to do it for me. I mean, I was really young. I started searching when I was 18, um, and I found my original mother when I was 21 and my Mm -hmm. father when I was 22. So, um, you know, so it's been a while and I was also really young and it was, it was, I was. Um, I was going through a lot personally regardless of that as well so it was like I think that there was just a lot there was kind of a a lot of complex trauma happening um within that and I didn't really have a support system and there wasn't online community there wasn't um you know like I couldn't I didn't this was this was back in the days of like AOL had just started you know it was like the late 90s and um and while you know there was Certain, I certainly sporadically had access to the internet. Um, online adoption community wasn't what it is now, and so I didn't know any other adoptees. I certainly didn't know anyone that had gone through reunion, and so I was just like, "Well, let's do this." You know, this right. is something I have I have to do. I feel compelled to do. This is like, so um, so I didn't really. Um, prepare myself but I, I mean in hindsight I don't really think that there's a whole lot I could have done to prepare myself for the initial reunion you know and then sort of I think as you move through it over time things change and you sort of build muscles around it
0: mm-hmm. um,
1: you know like I figured out how to better prepare myself when I was going to go to a family event or when I was going to meet a new relative or when I was going to ask someone in my family a hard question um, that I felt really scared to ask, you know. Um, right. And, of course, it helped, too, when I started writing about it and talking about it more to people and, like, getting some community around it. But that wasn't for a long time. Right, right. You know,
0: you know that's true, though. I'm, you just saying that makes me think, um, building the muscles. Because I don't know if you've I mean, you and I have been in this comparatively – a long time, you know, yeah, compared to some people, some people are are in this, and I don't want to say that they don't have that they don't have something to give because i don't you know you can be in this one day and have something to give to someone else in this, you know mm-hmm. it, it doesn't matter really necessarily the time but but on the flip side to it 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 does mean something because. Sometimes when you have been in this some time, you've done some work. Now, not all people who've been in this have done the work, but, you know, some people who've been in it and and have had the time have done the work and have the muscle, (laughs) you know, Uh have, 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 have really have a lot of muscle to it, you know. Um, of course there's some people who've been in it and have not done the work and not done the muscle and it doesn't make any difference, but you know, there's, there's all kinds of, you know, variations to it, but I think that's scary. So mm-hmm. if you're in this and you haven't done the work, you've got to be really careful, you know, to who you're reaching out to and who you're helping because it's, 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 a it's a, people are really, really fragile, you know? And I just, your wording is so good. I mean, I love that building the muscle because that's that's so true. Because you learn how to react and and you know what to say, what not to do. You know, you learn really Mm -hmm. quick, don't you? I mean, you do. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I
1: mean, I think, too, right, but it's going to be the muscles that people have to build are going to be different for everybody, right? Sure, Um, sure. Depending on what we find, right? And so, but I think, too, that, uh, you know, when you're talking about the work, it also, you know, kind of makes me think about, well, like, what does that mean, the work? Yeah. You know? Yeah. And then it looks really different. Oh, it does. everybody. It sure does. Yeah. So yeah. I guess when I don't know, like when I think about doing the work for me, it's like I'm I'm like an external processor. Like I need to talk about stuff, you know. Yeah. And so I talk to like my closest confidants, and I have an amazing therapist, and like you know, and I. But that's not necessarily what the work means to everybody, you know. I think it can look hey. really different. And so well, I, don't, I see. And so like yeah. I, I I mean I guess it's just like a and and also like you said there's not sort of like an end either right right? like it doesn't necessarily make things go away right I I always think about like you know healing isn't like a place that you get to like you're just healed or whatever right no yeah it's it's just like a constant process and you know so like I've I've done a ton of I've done I've done a ton of work in different kinds of ways um in the last 15 years around my sure. amount, around my adoption and my reunion and still some things are so primally terrifying to me that right. I spin out, you know, that I really spin out. Um, and that's when I need to call in like extra support and extra yeah. reinforcements. you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, but some things are still so terrifying. Like I haven't talked to my original mother for 13 years. Um, and I think our, our reunion unraveled after, um, two and a half years. And I think about trying again all the time and I'm terrified, even though I have built lots of skills around how to do it. I'm just like, wow, I don't know if I can go through that again. And I could, I could contact her like she's on Facebook. I could do it right now if I wanted to. (laughs) Right. You know, right. Right. But
0: or do you
1: just, want to? Yeah. I don't know. I don't right, know. Right, you know? It's right. It's it's so terrifying, you know? It's just like a primal visceral like body terror when I think about doing that again and the potential of that kind of loss again, you know? Mhm. Um so I don't I'm not sure if like more work is going to make that less terrifying. Like I don't know, you know. But it's just it's yeah. constant. It's a constant process but I also have really amazing relationships that I've built with members of my original family as well. So, and, and that, that feel safe and that feel loving Uh, and that I don't, and that I don't really worry about losing. So, you know, you just, you just don't know what you're going to find.
0: Oh, you don't. You just don't know what you're going to find. Yeah. No, you have no idea. Well, I think I kind of I mean, yes, I mean, I think when I when I was kind of thinking of work, I think that when when you're in like our position, when you are going to when you're going to host a podcast, when you're going to you know, write, now we can't be we can't be perfect, you know what i mean? But when you're mm-hmm. going to kind of, you know, come out there, it you've kind of you need to know a little bit, you know what i mean? You've kind of got to, you know, have some a little bit of knowledge and have done some of your own work and be kind of at a at a good place. It's good because it puts you at on some solid ground. I mean, i think it's helpful, i guess i should say. It kind of gives us um we're not going to be perfect we can't be we're never going to be done working that's just not possible but i think it puts us at a good spot to be um a little objective and a little settled and you know i mean again it always is going to be a place of you know betterment but i think it's hard to be at such newness and be able to help others you know what i mean I mean, I, I can't. I won't say you can't, but I think it. It just is a lot of work. Um, it's hard yeah, to struggle I mean, like help others.
1: Yeah. Sometimes. I, you know, I think, but I think too. I. I mean, I, I think that I'm. I am super grateful for like you know anything that my experience, you know, any, any way in which my experience is able to be helpful to someone else um, oh, at yeah. this point. And I'm super grateful for everyone who's gone before me and that I've learned uh, from there oh, sure. their wisdom. Yeah. But, I yep. also think, but I also think that there is so much to be learned and so much to be grateful for for people yep. who are actually willing to just be messy during the mess of it. Like I, like, you know, like I just as like a person, like um, I, 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 over the years I've read so many, um, you know, I mean, I guess in like the, in the blogging world, especially right. Especially like on Tumblr Uh, and stuff, uh, it's like, like, you know, people are just really messy and it's super helpful to see other people being messy when you're a mess and you feel really isolated and alone because of that mess. Do you know what I mean? And right. so right. I think that there's, there can you know what I mean I think that that's like a way of being you know like, like being that vulnerable um, and being that messy and and but you also do have to like you know I think that people have to think about protecting themselves and and protecting right. their vulnerability in certain stages too right and so True. you know if well, you're talking I, about I, like exposing yourself online then you know of course like you want to be careful but I think that but right. yeah I think that there's just I mean I I I, I I think the first time I ever, you know, was in a room full of adoptees, it was, um, you know, people reading creative work that they had just written that weekend.
0: Mm-hmm. And so
1: it was, so it was really rough and really messy and right. they were among all adoptees. And so, you right. know what happens when like a bunch of adoptees get together, right? It's like and... we don't have to censor ourselves or apologize to anybody or use no. like, you know, pretty language to like make our reality digestible for everybody else and so it was like raw and messy and amazing and it just was like you're okay like you're okay you know I think it's sometimes that is the
0: best to be but I think there's I think that sometimes is a different level you know what I mean Mm -hmm. like it's kind of apples and oranges you know there's there's a messiness together when you're all messy together, and then there's you know there's the person that's kind of the you know you know the the one that's kind of the settled one that's been there the the sage advice one you know it's helpful but there's, it's
1: helpful to have elders in any situation yes. I think right yes. yeah
0: yeah, yeah. yeah exactly yeah, for sure I think that's always a there, there's always some there's good in everything like that there's mm-hmm. there's the the greatness of being in that messy place together and and all you know you know just letting it all you know hang out and you know whether it's you know kind of being you know angry all together in a room you know or <laughs> you know um you know, or being with someone that, you know, has been through it and has the sage advice to give you. It's nice on, on all those levels. It's really, absolutely. It, it's great to have those different levels together. Um, you know, you had written a great piece a while back. It was a, uh, the fairy tale, um, essay piece. I don't know. And I know a lot of people have read it. So, but I wondered for, you know, everybody that's listening, or you know, hasn't gotten a chance to. If you wanted to talk about that a little bit, sure.
1: Um, yeah, it was, um, and it was an
0: essay that um,
1: it was an essay that was published on the Rumpus, um, which is a really great literary website, uh, a couple of months ago in November during uh, our everybody's favorite month. Um, right. <laughs> <laughs> That <laughs> I've always resented is also my birthday month. <laughs> oh yay, yay! <laughs> um, <laughs> right. So, um, but yeah, you know, it, um, it, it, and I've there was a really great response to that essay, and it's, 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 you know, it's how I've connected with with a whole new level of of folks online, which has been really awesome. Um, you know, the the essay itself, I think, just. Um, I mean it's something I've written about a lot um, but um, in in various capacities um, and in different places but um, you know there was it, it was sort of a, a response to this um, this video that that went viral last summer where um you know an um a five year old um girl was uh, it was her adoption hearing um, and uh, her caseworker and some other folks from her agency she'd been in in care for a while um, and dressed up as um, like eight or nine different Disney princesses and and Prince Charming and showed up and um, and so and someone made a video of it and put like you know Tear jerking music to it, and you know, it went viral like immediately, right? And it was like a million, people, you know, in, in a few days or whatever. Um, and it just felt like a really good entry point to talk about, um, you know, that the, the, the both the false narrative of, of um, that adoption is, you know, this kind of uncomplicated, altruistic, uh, happily ever after rags to, you know, relative riches. Um, right. story that we sort of have in this country that was this, you know, this country is cultivated. Um, but, uh, but it also was a really good way to talk. I felt like a really good entry point to talk about how like um, just the complexity of the adoption experience, because it wasn't like I thought that I thought what the, the case did was, was beautiful and lovely. And she was like this five-year-old girl that was obsessed with Disney princesses. And so it just like made sure. her day really special. Right. And so sure. like, you know, um, it was really lovely in thinking about my own and lots of adoptees that I've connected with in person and online over the years, thinking about, you know, our birthdays, the anniversaries of our adoption, these days mm-hmm. that just so illustrate um, and constantly <laughs> happen every year, um, the complexity of, you know, that we're always living with um, with like these paradoxical experiences of, you know, having it be a day where, yes, like a family was made in this day. We're celebrating a family coming together and it is, you know, potentially a family that I really love and am grateful for as like any normal person might be grateful for the love they have in a family. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but then also it's, you know, a day of intense loss. And grief, right. and it marks the end of something, and it marks um, a multiplying as well, you know. Um, and so, um, and so, I've been for the last too many years. I've been writing a book about my um, adoption and my reunion. Um, and um, so, I had written about my uh, the anniversary of my adoption in the book, and so I used some of the material from that book. And then um, used that to sort of illustrate, you know, the complexity that I felt on my adoption day, which my parents called my special day, right? Because
0: they tell, right,
1: the agencies say, you know, everything is special, right? It's like the everything is special, you know. And so, um, so using that that idea, you know, my parents really, you know, very tenderly um, and with all good intentions, you know, named Uh, my special uh. day and. And celebrated sure. it, you know, and we had very sweet small celebrations for both my brother and I each year on our separate separate adoption days. We were we were adopted um, three years apart from different families, and um, and so, you know, but just really trying to use that as a as a as a vehicle to talk about the complexity, and then like the experience that we as adoptees, you know, are sort of forced to carry around, you know, living in our own experience and understanding the multiplicity of that, the way that things, um, that more than one thing are true at the same time and they don't negate each other, you know? Isn't it so Um, odd?
0: It's like living in this parallel universe. I mean, it's like two people all of the time. Um, you know, I did a, I did a workshop in Indianapolis this summer with, um, my vice president and... You know, they had the um the foster, you know, the agencies up there and they had these billboards up. And they had the children on these billboards. Mm. Oh. <laughs> I just I was in tears. Uh, yeah. It's like huge postcards, you know. Um, yeah, and you know, some of them obviously had medical issues. I, I honestly don't even think I can probably talk about it for very long, because I, I just I broke down. I couldn't hardly stand there and look at it. Well, I get it and I understand it, and they are desperately trying to get, you know, um, these children into homes where. They're going to be, you know, loved and taken care of. And, of course, they call them forever homes. And then it almost seems like an animal. And then it's like, I just, I I, I can't decide, you know, where should I fall into this? You know what I mean? You know, because I don't want the child to be in some, you know, know, institution. And yet, at the same time, I mean, honestly... I I couldn't hardly stand it. It was it was like you know, it was triggering, that's all I can say. I can't even hardly get the words out now. You know, yeah. and we were just beyond ourselves at the time. And, you know, you see all these people going, I'm their God today and I, I understand the meaning. They're trying to make something very special. They're trying to make this child feel very special and, you know, um, I mean I I get it but is that what it's doing you know I don't know um I
1: don't know I mean I think I think a yeah. lot of the time a lot of the problem is I mean I think about this with kids in general just I mean I've I've been an educator for many years and like I think that a lot of times people underestimate kids about what they know right. and what they can handle yep. and what they understand um and mm-hmm. then also I think that you know, there's a lot of consent issues when it comes to to children, right? Like we think we're always like acting in their best interest and we don't necessarily ask them um, how it makes them feel or what they feel comfortable with. Um, And, you know, so I think that that's part of it. Um,
0: And then
1: I think, you know, like, I I mean, I don't know. I mean, maybe those children did consent to it, but again, like what does, I don't know. I mean, it's, yeah. So, and then – but then I think, too, like um, – I, I think, too, that, um, you know, it's I, – I think a lot about um, about how much I wish that, you know, more um, – Policies and best practices in child welfare and adoption were were driven by and were were driven by adoptees and, and right. alumni. You know, like right. it's it's sort of like you know lots of different activist movements um, have um, and um, I can't think of the sort of the first movement that, that came up with this phrase. Um, it's slipping my mind, but I've I've seen it used in a in a couple of different movements. Um, of, you know, nothing nothing about us without us, right? Right, you know? right.
0: And it's like, okay. hmm. well, and there's so, a, you know, a senator, Senator Landrow, she is big on, um, you know, for, you know, adopted children and for foster children, yet she sometimes rubs me the wrong way. She's done a lot sure. to destroy what Louisiana adoptees have tried to do, and yet she speaks out for foster children, and um it's it's uh, you know i've never is sat she, down with her, and there's quite a, a few people connection that
1: connection to adoption
0: i don't know well yeah, um to- I think possibly her husband's an adoptee um mm. but he actually destroyed an adoptee bill um and you know i the details are are not specific i mean i I don't want to say anything too much because I'm not sure of the exact details, but um she's on the other end of you know what you know what we would want and mm-hmm. um she was a big part of the c c a i the congressional coalition, you know on the angel and adoption awards, and when I was up there, you know it it just didn't it just doesn't feel right. And so right. We should be on the end of being making right. this policy. We should be the ones doing it. Right. Um right. Absolutely. we know how it feels. Yeah. Not you know, not them. We should be doing it. Yeah, I agree right. totally. Yeah. I mean I think mm-hmm. too
1: I want I wanted to say too, also that I just remembered that phrase comes from the disability justice movement. But yeah. um but but I but but the thing is, is that, you know, when I, when thinking about, you know, sort of doing this work being like what it requires emotionally and physically and spiritually from, um, from, from folks who have been in care or been adopted and experienced this and like, you know, it's this lifelong process and, um, it's incredibly challenging, uh, for a lot of us. And so then to sort of make that your work, Right, it's not something that like everybody's into at all, right? Right. I don't. I don't. I don't <laughs> you know, it's like I'm like, wow, uh-huh. I wish that child welfare was like totally driven by adoptees and and foster alumni, but like it's, you know, it's it's yeah, it it's the the the, the day in and day out work of it is um is incredibly painful and incredibly draining and. It, the pay is low and like all of these things, you know, it you is. Mean, it's like,
0: so. <laughs> so anything um, I have, anything I've experienced in doing, you know, anything with advocacy or whatever has been for free. Oh, I yeah. mean, I mean, for there sure. has been no pay. None whatsoever. Yep. I mean, yeah. and then when, when you are, you know, speaking of trying to have any kind of salary towards it, um, you are looked at like, how dare you? You mean you want to get paid for this? You know, um, so I've had to hold down a couple of jobs in order to do, you know, what I love, you know, which is to, you know, try and advocate for open records and, you know, Mm -hmm. et cetera, which, you know, okay, that's fine. And all the searching and, you know, um, Helping people find and all that, of course, was done at no fee. I wouldn't, I wouldn't wanted to have gotten paid. That wasn't the point, you know. And um, and I get that, but it, it it is it's a it's a difficult thing, you know. And um, anything we do in this in this field is really, you know, it's it's hard. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of hours, and um, you know it's it's just a lot to do what do you feel like with with your essay was there anything you got out of you know any comments or anything that were were there a lot of similarities in a lot of comments or was there something that stood out to you
1: yeah um i mean i think a couple different things um you know, one thing was that just a lot of people reached out to say that, you know, that it just really resonated. Not, not necessarily, right, the specifics, but just like the idea that like having to sort of carry this level of complexity in one's body around all the time and then kind of butting up against, constantly butting up against um, society's idea of it and, and not just their idea of what adoption looks like and what they, they, what they need it to, to look like. You know, which for I think lots of different reasons, but, um, but also how they, in, you know, how, their insistence, their insistence that we are happy, grateful, well adjusted. Right. Um, the, the assumptions and the, ins- the insistence that we constantly get up against, you know, like I, I, I often say that I feel like I've been begging people, begging like the world for like 30 X years, you know, begging people for permission to grieve losing my family, you know? Right, right. And, and, like, we don't do that for other losses, you know? Right, and so like, right, right, not only, exactly. Not only do we carry it around, but there's, like, not really a contain. We carry this complexity around, but there's not really an allowance, an acknowledgement, permission, or a, or a container or a model for, like, how we're supposed to – how we're supposed to um, – deal with it and heal from it. You know, like people need to process grief. That's just, that's just like the human experience. Like we have to, you know, we, we got to deal with it. So, so a lot of people sort of wrote to say that that really resonated and and that was awesome. And I had some really amazing, beautiful conversations with people around that. Um, And I also heard, um, you know, from perspective, Adoptive parents, um, or adoptive parents that had, you know, a mix of of um, experiences as adoptive parents, saying, you know, I wish I would have known that. Um, right. Or prospective parents saying, um, "Is there? I wanna. I want to adopt. Uh, like, is there any way I can do this without?" hurting someone. Right. <laughs> so, right. And my and you know, my answer is no. No. <laughs> like they're oh. not. But there is, no. a way, yeah. right? But there are like more ethical, more responsible, more loving, more expansive ways that you can do it um while acknowledging that people are going to get hurt in this right. equation no matter what. Right. And thats that, that is I, something that you will have to yeah. help a young person deal with across their lifetime, and that's part of your mm-hmm. job, and you need to mm-hmm. get yourself ready for it right right
0: you know there's just but there isn't there's not, no
1: way there's no way around it
0: no, there's not yeah yeah i yeah. i don't think I don't think that's understood, and then you know it's funny because it's almost like there's an anger back at us when that is then explained to them. Like, well oh, of why not? You know? And you're like, well, because that's that is how it is. And, you know, they you know, I've heard people discuss, you know, children that have been in foster homes and then, you know, returned and then back. And they wonder mm. why Wonder why they're wiping poop on the walls, and mm. um, you know, I think really, really, you wonder why. <laughs> I mean, I seriously, mean, the,
1: the level of suffering, you know. Yeah, really, right?
0: It's astounding. I mean, I can't mm. even. I, mm, can't even imagine. I mean, because, mm. and I know that, and I, I love that. I, I hear some, you know, sometimes said, "Well, my child never talks about." Being, you know, wanting to know or, mm. um, you know, they never say, you know, anything about being adopted. And I think, oh, oh, that's even worse. Did <laughs> <Well, are> you <laughs> that's, like, that's the ones you got to watch out for. No, no, I'm just kidding. But, I
1: think that there's this like pervasive myth um, in <laughs> adoptive families that like, if you engage the conversations with your right. children, then you're, right. then you're creating a problem that wouldn't sure. have been there otherwise. That you're right. like somehow implanting in their minds and uh-huh. bodies that they right. should be traumatized, even though they, and they wouldn't have been otherwise. So it's like, well, let's just not say anything. And then right. like, you know, she'll go on about her life and it'll be great and we're all like super happy and everything's great.
0: Right? Well it's and, kind of like yeah, it's kind of like the sex discussion though. You know, but right. if we don't talk about it
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it will not work.
0: happen. <laughs> that's super
1: <laughs> worked. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> I've seen that work. We'll I've seen that work it. almost every time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah.
0: Almost every time. We don't talk about birth control, sex, nope. <laughs> will yeah. and nothing will happen. Nobody will have sex. Nope. No, no it'll never happen. That's not how we all got here. Hello. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know. Yeah. I just, there's so many, you just want to go, hello. I mean, listen, This we're telling you exactly how you can at least, if not solve it, how you know, you can bring it up to the forefront and talk about it. And, you know, I, I have a, a uh, workshop presenter at my conference and she was, I can't remember now the exact situation, but their her car was being worked on or something. And he, her son who was adopted was either being picked up by someone else or I can't remember the situation, but She called the teacher, told the teacher what was happening, um, totally made sure that, you know, her son knew, okay, that is exactly what I needed as an elementary student. If that would have been done, that would have prevented my anxiety right there. That was Mm -hmm. was what happened to me. And Mm -hmm. I would go into full panic mode. And I – I I needed that. I didn't know I needed that and I didn't know that's what it was, obviously. And I was mm-hmm. like, I just I praised her. I was like, "Oh my gosh. You know, how great for you to do that. You know, mm-hmm. so she she's learned, you know, mm-hmm. she has picked on those necessary steps that need to be done as Absolutely. an adoptive mom." So, Absolutely. kudos. You know, yeah. I got to give her that. So, totally. at I mean, least yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I think, I think like, you know, I think parents have to, I, I think more than anything, right. It's like kids understand, they, I mean, they follow leads, right. Especially when they're younger Right. and they understand when people aren't talking about something, right. Like right. I, I, yeah. I know, you know, we talked about, we talked about adoption in my house from, from the get go. Right. My brother was adopted three years before me it was always it was already a conversation that was happening when i came into the house so there was never a time we didn't talk about it but there right. was never a time where there was any other narrative except for um this is amazing we're so lucky your mom loved you so much she was so selfless that she did you know this it was just there was there was and there was no space for um there was no space for bad feelings.
0: Right. Right. You know, and and I understood
1: that as a very small child. And so I locked myself, you you know, I would would go to my room and cry silently into a pillow, like crying for my mom when I was like three, four years old. And I just held it. I did the emotional labor. I held it for myself, you know, but like what that does to a body is, you know, especially one that's developing is quite destructive.
0: Because you thought, because you thought maybe because she still wanted you and she was out there wanting you?
1: I don't so know. You, do
0: you what you thought or what did you, what did you, what you think you were thinking or you wanted don't know?
1: Her. I wanted her. I wanted to know when she was coming back. I wanted to know if she was thinking about me. I wanted to know everything. I wanted to know everything. I mean, right. all I knew, you know, like the story that we were told, it was, you know, it was like time and time again, right? It was just like. Our parents were too young to keep us, and they wanted us to have a better life, and they loved us so much that they gave us to, you know, our parents, right? Wow. And so, and which I think is a super normal narrative that people give, you know? I mean, particularly, I had very, it was the 70s and 80s, and I had very Catholic, Midwestern parents, you know? So it was like, we're not going to actually talk about Sex, we're not going to talk about like, so, like, they just sort of painted my parents as like um, saints almost, like child saints. Right. Um, they had, that right. they had like, we knew that they had done something bad, right? But like, right. they had sort of redeemed themselves by being these kind of like selfless, sort of saint figures um, by giving us away. But there was just no, there was no room for, there was no acknowledgement of that loss or the potential of me feeling abandoned or the potential of me wanting to know them or wanting to be with them or, you know, and um, I just, I just wanted all of that. Like, I don't know. I felt it deeply in my body from a very, very, very young age. Um, and nobody told me to feel that. You know what I mean? Like nobody told me to feel that. Right. Um, In fact, in fact, the opposite was happening. Right. It was just like a gulf of silence around any potential for bad or difficult feelings. Um, Right. So, you know, and I and I think I mean, I mostly hit it. um, And then I started writing when I was like five years old and started writing stories about animals lost in the forest, finding their mom and running off and living happily ever after, you know. And yeah, still, that's... I brought them home from school, and still, there was no, like, it was like, oh, aren't these cute stories? You're so talented. It was like, hi. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. That's so. Help. Like, I'm, like. <laughs> so you I, knew,
0: I, though. I it's know. like, you know. We that's know. What we, what are so, we, we are so, we are so old. It we is. don't have a yeah. choice
1: but to know we don't have a choice but to know and so I think that too when I when I like talk to you know in, in the work in the work that I do I talk to perspective and and adoptive families um you know and about how to how to support kids better and and I and and I you know and I I I, I also you know besides like you know, it is your job to initiate conversations. You need to do that. You need to initiate it. You need to not put that onus on, like, a four-year-old, a five-year-old, a six-year-old. You need to do it. You need to step up and do it. But also, like, look for signs, you know? Like, we're, there's, they're there. Like, they're, what, how, what does grief look like in a two-year-old? What does grief look like in a three-year-old?
0: Right. You know? Right.
1: Like, their yeah. body, you know, like, I had stomach ache. I had chronic stomach aches, like, all the time you know, well, wh- what was that from, I don't, you know, like, anxiety, right. I don't know, you know, I had anxiety, it's like a really small kid, I don't, you know, there's, there's, there are signs, you know, and so I think that folks need to be super aware and understand that it's a trauma, and that, like, when a small body experiences a trauma, that experience, you know, lives in the body cells, and it's going to show up, it's, and right. you gotta, you got to look
0: for it right you know you got to look for it and tend to it well i think that i think that so many don't even know what that is they you know what i mean mm-hmm. it exists and it's there and it exists in so many forms and that that damage is it's in so many forms that nobody knows exactly what it's taking i mean it comes in sure so many ways I mean, we, we exist and, and in guys, it is so different than it is, be, you know, in women and, you know, the male adoptee and the, you know, female adoptee are so different, but we all, we're all injured, you know, um, I've seen yeah, that I mean, throughout, I, yeah, you know, time and just it is, it's just, it's really devastating and I, I get so mad that it's taken us so long, but yet... I am hopeful because, you know, here we are today talking about it, and, you know, you're writing about it, and 27 years ago, this didn't exist, so, you know, at least I'm hopeful that, you know, we're doing this now, at least, you know, it's, it's there. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, mean, even just
1: more than ten years ago, like my life is so radically different because of the community that, like, the adoption community that I've been able to build just through like technology, through blogging, through writing, um, you know, going to conferences, you know, all that stuff. Like it, it wasn't there before, and it, it was such i mean i think that being an adoptee can be such an isolating identity you know i mean even though like i grew up with an adoptee but it didn't land it didn't stick to him in the same way it it, it manifested oh, in really different ways
0: um yeah. we didn't
1: really and we didn't really connect around it
0: you know and so like right. i didn't
1: feel like i knew what other adoptees um no
0: no i didn't I, no i didn't either I, did, I didn't even know i went to high school with plenty of adoptees i didn't know I didn't know yeah, they were yeah, adopted. Me too.
1: I know. I know. I went to high school with a couple too. And like, we kind of like, I was like, I kind of didn't really realize it or talk about it with any of them until we were like, you know, way past, way past high school. Oh. Like, oh, wait. you Yeah, were
0: no, I, I know I, I, I did DNA, you know, and um, unfortunately I lost a classmate who was an adoptee and, um, I had left the funeral home. Come home, looked at my ancestry, and one of my classmates who was at the funeral home showed up on my ancestry DNA. You know the little pictures, and I was like, oh, "I just saw her at the at the funeral home,
1: yeah. and her picture
0: was on the ancestry." And I was like, "Okay, you can't get much weirder than that. We we're wow. third cousins, uh huh, wow. and we both." We both got home. We both were like, are you kidding me? Yeah. <laughs> Luckily, we weren't like, uh, you know, male and female. You know, it's like, uh, hello. <laughs> um, but, yeah. So, okay, we're getting close to the end. Um, you've got tons of ways for people to be able to reach out to you, and you're doing tons of stuff. So if people would yeah. like to, you know, read that the essay if they didn't get a chance to or if they, you know, want to reread it and find it, how can they yeah. reach out and get a hold of you?
1: Absolutely. So um, one way is through my website. Um, so my, red, my website for my writing is wwwliz com. Um, and you can, there's a link to, um, that essay and a lot of my other work, which is primarily about adoption or mothers or grief or trauma in one way or another, even when I'm not, and when I, even when I'm trying not to write about it, I write about it. <laughs> um, so, um, so that's one way. And then you can also find me, I'm on Facebook, um, and Twitter, um, which just URLs, just Liz Laddie handle Liz Laddie. Um, and, uh, and then my blog is, um, uh, an open and that's on, it's, it's a Tumblr blog, but you can, anyway, you don't have to be part of Tumblr. You can just go
0: there and find it. Um, uh, cool.
1: yeah. So, and then, well, I, maybe, I am I so glad you were on.
0: I'm going to, I'm going to throw out some things for our conference and stuff. So I know you've got some oh, stuff yeah. coming up, but I am so glad you were on and Thank you so I'm sure much much we having could do me. like, I
1: love talking to you.
0: <laughs> yeah, um so everybody who's listening um hopefully you guys will be able to go to our website. It's org. Um, It's easy to remember. April 21st and 22nd, we are having a conference, and um, it's a two-day, obviously. Um, There's some hotels. One of them is actually almost already booked. So um, I think what everybody's doing right now is trying to schedule their hotels. What everybody needs to know is this is the Little 500, if people don't know what that is. That is a bicycle race. That is, um, If you've ever heard of the movie Breaking Away, So our hotel cutoffs are March 20th due to that bicycle race because they want those hotel rooms for that. So we will have to cut that off. So if you've not booked your hotel a month ahead, you won't have a room. Um, So everybody needs to get their hotel rooms um, booked. And then also then your conference uh, registration needs to be booked too. Also you can go to Eventbrite to do that. Um, you can just go to our website to do that. It's really easy. Um, you can also follow us on Twitter. It's i n a d net twenty eighteen. It's so easy, you guys. Um, thanks again, Liz, for being on. Um, I think we could do like ten shows probably. I always feel like <laughs> you know, totally. it's it's talk to you and um, it's good to talk to I, I, I love reading your. Wanna... Yeah. Oh,
1: thank you. And I wanted to just encourage all the listeners
0: to to, to come
1: out for the conference. If, if people haven't been to Adoptee or Adoption Conferences before, it's such an awesome way to to link up with people and create networks. It is. A support, support community for, like, whatever you're going to need, you know. I, I,
0: don't, um, yeah, I don't think people really understand. I mean, I try to tell people that – there is something different. I don't care if you're in reunion or you're not in reunion, there is something different about being with more than one. I mean, when you're all oh, of yeah. a sudden with two and three and four and you start learning about like why you why you think this way or why you do this or all of a sudden I was like, "Okay, now I finally get it." You know. <laughs> um, and we're going I think
1: conferences yeah, go can, ahead. can be like a little I think conferences too can be like a little bit of a you know, it it's like you're going to like panels and workshops and stuff or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. you don't have to necessarily it's not like going to like a support group and jumping into like the abyss right. all of that you yeah. know like, well, there's, and like you're, it, there's fun and you can have lunch and like whatever. So, you know, it's just I feel like it's, it's just almost a really like awesome a retreat.
0: Event. It's not it's not yeah. schoolwork. It's not we're not yeah. making you answer questions and you don't have right. to raise your hand and it's really <laughs> it's it's somewhat relaxing, and yeah. ours is going to be kind of spa-like, actually. So um, it, w- awesome. it will be nice. I mean, it's, it's going to be a good time. So I hope everybody will take advantage of that. Um, yeah, so hopefully so everybody will join us. Um, thanks for being on. And uh, you guys know my saying. Until next time, everybody, blue skies and green lights. So thanks again, guys. Talk to you later. Bye.